You're listening to the Sport of Business podcast powered by the 321 Go Project. We've talked with over 500 gym owners just like you, and every week we'll bring you the best of the best. We chat with industry experts as well as deliver advice that you can use today. For more, visit 321goproject.com. Well, let's get going. Uh, just first off, welcome listeners to another special Sport of Business podcast. Uh, we are joined today with uh, another gym owner, Rich Borgatti. He owns uh, Mountain Strength CrossFit and also works for 321 Go Project as a specialist specifically in obstacle course racing and how to integrate those programs. So uh, today's episode in a broad sense is going to be about how to differentiate your gym in the marketplace and also how to incorporate some of these things uh, like obstacle course racing into your general programming and offering. So Rich, uh, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. What a uh, pleasure being here. So let's get going. Uh, you own Mountain Strength CrossFit. How long have you been open? Uh, we affiliated in 2010, uh, although we started in 2008 as a boot camp company, specifically doing outdoor training, boot camp style. Uh, I was uh, just a CrossFit level one trainer, just teaching classes outside until uh, we had enough people go, we want to be inside. <laughs> So then uh, 2010, we affiliated, rented our space, and uh, been moving ever since. Awesome. What do you notice are the biggest differences from that time, that 2008-2010 time, to now? What looks different in your affiliate? Uh, well, we got a lot more equipment. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the, um, but the, the attitude's still the same. Uh, most people just want to come in and work hard. Uh, but the, the biggest difference uh, between then and now is a lot of people are coming in knowing that they want to do CrossFit. They know what it is. Uh, and so we have to talk to them about how what we're doing to meet their goals rather than them looking for something that's uh, novelty-based, like the new thing. Um, for the most part, CrossFit is mainstream now. It's, uh, I don't have to sit there and sales pitch people on what it is anymore. Killer. And so as we mentioned in the intro, you do work as the obstacle course race specialist for 321 Go Project. Did you find obstacle course racing or OCR as, we, as we'll uh, refer to it before or after CrossFit? Uh, it was right around the same time I affiliated in 2010, uh, the first Tough Mudder uh, came into New England. Uh, and one of my members came to me and said, I'm going to do this race called the Tough Mudder. I want you to train me for it. Uh, and I had a pretty extensive background in cross country running, um, track and field, uh, and I was a ropes course instructor for a bit. So I took uh, all these little backgrounds that I had and put it together and developed a endurance-based CrossFit program for my members uh, that wanted to do the first Tough Mudder in 2010. Was that a very natural carryover for uh, at, uh, CrossFit athletes into OCR, or was it vice versa? Uh, it was. It, it's, uh, it's a good crossover for them. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, the only thing they may have had to do is uh, add a little bit of running in or hiking because a lot of these races are done on mountains, so that was kind of missing in the gym itself. 
uh, is just some elevation training. But other than that, uh, the pushing, pulling, sled work, all the stuff we do in the gym doing CrossFit carries directly over to these obstacle course racings. What percentage of your membership are use CrossFit as a platform to train for these OCRs? Uh, right now, about 15% of my gym is training for obstacle course racing. And what are some of the benefits do you see for offering that as, as something that, you, that your gym does? Uh, well, for one, it makes us completely different from all the gyms in our area. Um, it's something I'm passionate about. I, I found that I really love doing that. And uh, we've drawn uh, a lot of people to our gym who want to do obstacle course racing or train specifically for that. Uh, so they come in, they do our obstacle course racing course, and then they're like, then they they stay for the CrossFit because once the season's over, they don't know what else to do. So um, they see all this CrossFit, and then they love when I tell them, "Oh, you've been doing CrossFit the whole time," and they're like, "Oh, that's an easy transition into the gym uh, until the next race season starts, and then we they go back into the obstacle course racing program." So one of the things that I hear you doing is providing a point of reference for these new athletes, whereas, you know, let's say their point of reference for CrossFit is the CrossFit Games, a uh, point of reference for an obstacle course race like, like a Spartan race or Tough Mudder or even some of these less intense obstacle course races, people understand that. And so giving them a platform to train for something that they understand and then sort of surreptitiously reminding them, hey, you're actually doing CrossFit. Like this is, you can keep doing this and it'll be just fine. You're able to provide uh, a connection between what people understand and what you do. Oh, absolutely. There's a very big connection between the two. Uh, a lot of people come in because they just want to challenge themselves. And um, if you're just doing any exercise program without a challenge at the end, without a goal that you're setting for yourself, uh, then you're just, in, in my opinion, just spinning the wheels. You're just doing fitness for the sake of fitness. Uh, but when you add something in, like an obstacle course race, something that you're working towards, the workouts get a little bit more intense. The pressure gets put on you. You start living up to your own expectations of finishing these races. Uh, and so it's a known quantity. Like You know when the race is. You know generally how long it is. Uh, most of the obstacle course races, uh, either small or large, will have a degree of unknown entity to it, unknown obstacles or Sometimes they love changing the distance of the race the day of the race. Like, hey, you're signed up for a 5K. Guess what? It's a five-miler. So those things, the unknown and unknowable of CrossFit, completely carries directly over to these races. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, that having these goals and having these timelines and points of reference, it's, it's undeniable how much this could help your membership base and help grow your business. Uh, but let's move on to like let's talk about like the nitty and gritty. Uh, let's start from a programming perspective. How far do you program people out for an obstacle course race, and what does that look like on a day to day within your gym? Well, we like to program about six weeks uh, to a race. Um, sometimes a little longer, eight weeks if it's a like a Spartan Beast, which is a half half marathon distance. Um, so about 
eight weeks for, for the longer, more gritty ones. But for in the most case, six weeks will get anybody uh, conditioned enough to get into these races and have a good time. Did you start off with six weeks or has it always been six weeks out? No, we started off with four weeks, uh, then went to eight and then kind of came back to six. Did you find uh, that so that did. kept people motivated? Like it was a goal that was close enough in sight to keep people motivated, but not too short to where they're actually physically prepared for it? Yeah, it was uh, with the eight weeks, we'd have people drop off at four, you know, halfway through. They they would stop and either injuries would start to creep in sometimes, you know, just from overuse or new movements um, or they just got, you know, it's just too much training for them, for the new person. Uh, six weeks came in perfectly where it kept them interested. They're interested enough. Um, they can see progress and they're, they're peaking right about the race uh, where, and, and, and it's over and they get to relax for a little bit um, and then start training up again. So from within the gym, is this a specialty group that meets or do they do a certain amount of CrossFit a week and then specific training? How do you structure it uh, week, week by week? Well, we offer it as an add-on course to CrossFit. So we offer it at one price to our members who are already CrossFitting. Uh, and then we also open it up to the public, to anyone who wants to just specifically do the obstacle course racing program. Uh, and for the most part, uh, 50% of it is outside new members coming in to do this obstacle course racing program. Uh, and then we got the other half, which are CrossFitters who are going to go do a race. So what you've done is is essentially through this obstacle course race program, you've created a marketing tool for outsiders that otherwise wouldn't join CrossFit. And you've also created a retention tool for your existing members to stay interested in their fitness. Is that how you see it playing out? That's exactly how I see it playing out. Um, we get a lot of the people that want to do obstacle course races for some reason have this aversion to actually working out inside a building. Like they think they're going to be doing a race, so they want to train outside, which is great. It's awesome. Um, but we also see like there's definitely some benefits to picking up dumbbells and kettlebells and barbells, um, and if you know, just working out in a group inside and not being like a lone wolf by your by yourself training for these races. So one of the things that you mentioned for your existing members, you have it as an add-on to their membership. And for those of you that are in the 321 Go Project Academy, you know this as the stratified pricing model, which essentially says you would never pay for anything that you don't want from within the gym. Whatever you want to pursue, we're here to provide it for you. But if you don't want it, you don't need to pay for it. How has obstacle course racing been perceived by your membership as an add-on to what they're already doing? Uh they love it. I, I get asked all the time when the next one's going to happen. Um, we run it three times a year, um, and they're usually six weeks almost back-to-back, -back, uh, depending on when the race schedule comes out. Uh, so people look forward to it all the time as an add-on. Um, and they'll, they, I've never had anybody bat an eye or be like, well, I'm doing CrossFit and this OCR program. They, they just sign up. And they go for it because they know that it's a goal. It's something extra that they're they're working towards. And they still come to CrossFit two or three times a week and do the OCR class twice a week. 
And, and so, and is that your prescription? A few days of CrossFit plus the OCR for your existing members? Yeah, depending on um, like where their weight points are. So most of the time, I'll say two to three days of CrossFit, two days of the OCR training, and then I'll prescribe them maybe a longer uh, like run uh, on the weekend, like Saturday or Sunday. Get out there and do a you know three to five miles on the road or a trail. So for the for the gym owner that's that's listening to this right now and thinks that this could be a great way, like I said, I think it's such a powerful tool as retention and marketing because you're creating the sales funnel of people that finish training for this, and then you tell them, oh hey, by the way, Steve, you've been doing CrossFit this whole time. You want to keep doing that because you've gotten in great shape. Like these these things sound amazing to me. Where where do I start? Like this seems overwhelming. Like where do I as a gym owner start? to develop my OCR program? Um, well, where you, most of the time where you want to start is with a, you need a, you need a coach that's interested in and passionate about it. So that helps a lot. That goes a long way. Someone who has the experience with doing it. Uh, on the second part, you got to make sure that there is a race schedule in your area too. So if, um, here in New England, we have a race anywhere from, starting in March, April, all the way to November. So we have a pretty long season. But if you're down in South Florida, they run all the time. Or in California, they're year-long. So you'd, you'd have a little better um, structure of a program. Uh, so there's uh, definitely start with a coach, figure out the race schedule, uh, and then build your marketing and your programming around that. So when is it good? So you said a six-week. Let's just say a six-week program leading up to that race. Do people need to be signed up for that race prior to signing up for the program? Is it included in the cost of the program? How does that work? Well, uh, that depends. We for my program, you can do it both ways. Um, we have what I do is I'm also a Spartan SGX coach, and I get discount codes. So I give everyone who gets who's part of the our obstacle course race team, they all get a discount and a T-shirt uh, for the course. Um, there are definitely some people that I've coached um, to get their obstacle course racing program off the ground. They've included the price of the race in the cost of the program, which you can do. Then you just buy, you know, you just register as a bulk team. Um, and so you, you can put that in there. And I haven't heard anyone having an issue with that that has done that. And so marketing this, when do you recommend, so prior to the six weeks, prior to the race, when do you recommend beginning this marketing campaign to uh, let people know about the program? I start um, about three to four weeks before the program starts. Um, we use uh, Hootsuite for our social media. And so we just preload all our registration through Hootsuite. And we get that out on Facebook. Uh, and then I also go through Instagram and start, you know, posting through Instagram uh, our race photos from the last race and start saying, hey, we got another one coming up. Um, and then uh, it's just word of, also word of mouth is really great. People who have previously done it, getting testimonials and telling them to come back and bring their friends. That Yeah, that's killer, man. So, And I think that that's a great takeaway is that getting those testimonials, getting those pictures of the last race, providing all this strong social proof to people, I think will really help 
uh, encourage more people to do it. It, it becomes a snowball effect at that point. Absolutely. I mean, that's what people look at. They look at and they see these epic photos like, oh, my God, you just jumped over a flaming log, you know, this pit of fire. You you climbed this 20 foot rope. Um, people get jazzed about that. They're like, well, I want to go race with you next time you do it. I want to do this. And it, it really snowballs into this excitement. And uh, it's tangible when people come in. They're like, yeah, I'm going to climb a rope. I'm going to throw a spear. I'm going to jump over things. I'm going to carry a sandbag up a mountain. Like it's challenging and fun at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, man. So where could where could these gym owners go? Do uh, is there anywhere on your website or is there anywhere to see sort of what this program looks like? Um, somebody's listening to this to go check it out. Well, uh, at mountainstrength.com/slash/spartan-sgx is mm-hmm. the name of the program that we run, uh, and it's we just have a one pager up there describing the the program and a registration link. Um, we haven't published any of our programming except to uh, gyms that have worked with me have gotten my programming through three, two, one go. Um, part of the specialty program is I will help program and, and work towards, uh, you know, what kind of equipment and stuff they have there. Uh, so if anyone wants to know about that, they can set up a phone call with me and we can go through more in depth programming. That's awesome. So, um, so get, just leave us, Rich, maybe with a couple tangibles that we can really use to, to push gym owners. So if somebody's listening to this and this really resonates with them quite a bit, what are some things that they can do? What are some steps that they can take to begin implementing either an OCR or any other kind of specialty into their regular programming? Uh, well, one of the first things uh, to do is uh, – Talk to your membership. Talk, talk to your people. Find who in your gym are, is already doing these things um, with maybe on their own. Um, and talk about what we did is kind of like how Chris and the 321 Go Project talks about Mavens. We found the people that were doing OCR and forming their own team outside of the gym to come in and talk about it to the other members and form a team inside and just tell everybody, hey, we got this team set up. This is the race we're going to go do. You know, who, who's in? Who's in with us? Who wants to come challenge themselves? So coaches during regular classes can do that and get people ready for the next OCR program. Um, on the outside, you can start marketing, you know, get your, your pictures up, get your, you know, your website registration page ready and start taking registrations ahead of time. You know, be able to um, get people enrolled and jazzed into it. Um, and then include it in your newsletters and out to your members. Let everybody know, like, hey, we're starting this, and we're gonna we're gonna go have an awesome time. We're gonna go climb a mountain. We're gonna go do some awesome stuff. And uh, hey, if you're into having a beer afterwards, we're gonna hang out and have a beer and hang out and just get some epic photos, right? Yep. And uh, all your friends are gonna be jealous that you just did this race. So. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's like really just talk to your membership, get everybody together, get your get your marketing set up around that and keep the buzz going. And that's, you know, that's the biggest way to get the program rolling. You know, most gyms already have all the equipment they need. You don't have to get too fancy with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably want a rope to climb, though. Uh, You're going to want sandbags to carry um, and probably kettlebells uh, to walk around with. Uh, farmers carries just carry heavy stuff long distances 
That yeah, killer man. Uh, so let's just do. Uh, where can people find you? So mountainstrength.com. Yep. And um, and you said and the 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 page for your Spartan race training is mountainstrength.com slash what? Spartan SGX. SGX. It's right under. Yeah. If you go to mountainstrength.com, just go to programs. You'll see it under the program. Okay. Sure. And I'm and I'm sure if we look at your uh, mountain strength. Uh, Facebook page, we can see some of those past uh, pictures and things like that on Instagram as well. If people just kind of want to see what that looks like. Additionally, on 321goproject.com, Rich is a specialty coach. So if you are a 321go Project Academy student, you can actually schedule your specialty call with Rich. And um, there's information for that as you go through the academy if you're interested in in pursuing that. Uh, Rich, anything else you want to leave us with? Um, Well, it's uh, it's just supposed to be – these courses are supposed to be fun. You know, the biggest thing is to keep keep fun in this. Uh, don't make the training too hard. Uh, don't get don't be afraid to get dirty. Uh, get outside the gym. You know, I like to tell everybody. You know, maybe have one class inside the gym, one class outside the gym. Um, get them ready to get muddy and have a good time. You know, when you do these classes. Awesome. Well, Rich. Thank you. I actually, I'm jazzed up right now. Like, I just want to go play in my OCR course <laughs> this afternoon. So, um, uh, Rich, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, and we'll be in touch, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to the Sport of Business podcast. If you found this valuable, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. For more information, head over to 321goproject.com.